You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Hello, my name is Helen Patton, and I am an advisory CISO at Cisco. So I grew up in the country in Australia in the 70s and 80s, so I'm dating myself tremendously. And computers were not a thing where I was growing up. I thought I might be a landscape architect. I thought I might be an English teacher. I thought I might be an economist. I'm okay at math, but I don't love it. But I like the human interaction, which actually served me really well in security once I got there. But no idea about computers, networks, certainly not security when I was growing up. It was a combination of dumb luck and a little bit of hard work and serendipity. I left high school and I did what a lot of Australians do and I took a gap year and I started working in a bank and I really enjoyed having money because I was working and I didn't want to go back to school full-time. So I started doing a business degree part-time and this was in Sydney, Australia. About that time, I met this American Navy guy and we became very good friends and wouldn't you know it, the next thing I know I'm married and I'm living in Ohio when I was very young. And I had no degree, I had no idea what it was like to live in the United States. And so I started just doing temp work around Columbus, Ohio, trying to work out which end was up. And I ended up in a job at the Ohio Restaurant Association as a membership administrator. Right at the time they were doing a database conversion, they had an old IBM 36 mini mainframe. This was in the early 90s. And they wanted to convert it to this newfangled client server SQL 6, I think, database. And I was the only person in the office under the age of about 40. And so they figured I must be somewhat comfortable with computers. Like, I don't know why they thought that, but they did. And so they assigned me to work with this consulting company that was doing the conversion. And the consulting company hired me off the back of that gig. So I accidentally got into IT and I was really fortunate. I had the guy who ran the company, it was a small business he taught me on the job. So I spent most of the early 90s on my hands and knees underneath desks of small nonprofits in Ohio doing very small network implementations, getting people comfortable with understanding what Windows 3.1.1 is and why they needed a PC on their desk. And I moved from there to a software development company where I was responsible for infrastructure and their help desk. I was in the fortunate but unfortunate position of being responsible for networks, servers, desktops. No one had laptops really back then. 
right when viruses started coming about. So the I love you virus, slammer worms, those kinds of things. And it ticked me off because I would walk in with my day planned out because I'm a planner. I would walk in with my day planned out and someone clicked on something or did something. My CIO, who I reported to at the time, said, damn, we need a security program or a disaster recovery program and hell on your it. I left that company and went to work for Bank One as a disaster recovery planner. And five days after I joined Bank One, there was a merger with JP Morgan. So to my surprise and by accident, I'm now working for one of the biggest Wall Street banks. I had four different jobs over the 10 years when I was at JP. Got to run a global team. It was more of a technology risk officer kind of role than a cyber, you know, SecOps kind of role left there to be the CISO at the Ohio State University and I was the CISO at OSU. I had no idea what I was getting myself in for. So keeping in mind, JP Morgan's the big, one of the biggest banks in the world. But I quite naively thought, oh, I'm going from this really rigorous security organisation to an organisation where the primary business purpose is teaching kids in classrooms. Like how technically difficult could that be? That was my thought. I had no idea. And I would argue now that being a CISO or a security person in higher ed is 10 times more difficult than being a security person in a Wall Street bank for a number of reasons. One, we have all kinds of technology and all kinds of devices. Like, it's more like running a city. So we had a hotel, we had an airport, we had a nuclear reactor, we had multiple entertainment centres for football and concerts, eight hospitals, all kinds of stuff, right? And people go, oh, you're higher ed. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, no, really. You think grades and scheduling? I was like, oh, God, I was so wrong. And then add to that, you go from a culture where at JP Morgan, when Jamie Dimon says, make it so, people would go, okay, and they would, right? Or they'd be fired, like that was your choice. In higher ed... It's very much bottom up. So I'd go to someone and say, you really should not have local admin rights. And they're like, yeah, make me. (laughs) I'm like, oh. So I went from being able to do this top-down command control kind of approach to security to doing a very psychologically driven, how do I get people to want to do cyber? Because if they don't want to do it, they don't have to kind of culture. And you're in an industry where the purpose of the industry is to share data with as many people as you possibly can. Whereas in banking, the idea is not to share data with anybody unless they absolutely have to know it. So I talk about this in the book that I wrote, and and this is the question of how do you know when it's time to move on from one role to another role? I had reached a point at Ohio State where I felt like I had done what I had set out to do. I had made the changes that I wanted. I had created a team that I felt when I left would was strong enough that they would continue. Not that they'd do what I was doing because they'd get a new leader, but that the program was solid. And I felt that OSU was at a point where the skills I brought to the role were not what they needed in a leader going forward. Then there was the question of, well, if I'm not doing that, then where do I go? And I really loved the culture at Duo and Cisco. I really enjoy working with Wendy Nather and the rest of the advisory CISO team in that it gives me a platform to talk about security things with 
all industries and all geographies. And um, with Cisco, I get to work with really smart people who are doing really interesting work, and I'm excited to share that. I would like to tell you I think I'm collaborative. I look to get as much input from as many stakeholders as possible before I make a decision and move. Having said that, though, I once a decision is made, I tend to be quite forceful about making that happen. I am action-oriented, but I'm, I'm data-driven in my action. And I would... I, one of the things I miss actually about being an advisory CISO is I don't have a team of people reporting to me anymore because I do really like coaching people and developing people up. I think Australians are more direct than Americans. When I became a leader, that served me well. When I wasn't a leader, I was seen as too brash. So it depended on where I was in my career path, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing to come across as unfiltered, if you will. I do think Australians are not afraid of doing the things they think need to be done, even if that means walking on the grass. I would like people to think that they feel like I gave back to the community, and which is, again, one of the reasons that, that I've written the book, but that I, that I did things that were just a little bit bigger than my own self-interest. That's what I'd like to think. listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey and share your feedback now. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. 